Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. Preach to you today on the subject standing before God. Standing before God. It might be a sobering thought. It's something we need to go back to and think about that we're going to stand before God, every one of us. In the book of 2 Corinthians 5 and 10, if you could turn there in your Bibles, 2 Corinthians 5 and 10. Amen. It's good to be in the presence of the Lord. I think I've told you this, but I... I want you to know this continually. Thank you, Landmark, for your prayers. Thank you for your passion for the things of God. Thank you for your love for the family of God here. Amen. And I want you to know, and my wife wants you to know that we love you all. And we're thankful that you have allowed us to be your pastor. Amen. Rejoicing together with one another. 2 Corinthians 5 and 10 for we must all appear. No, let's, let's stop here. I want you to read it together as a church body. Let's all read this together. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Amen. Shake someone's hand before you're seated today. Amen. We rejoice. We rejoice today. Praise God. I, I want to remind you, I know the announcements will be given here um, at the end of the service but I want to remind you that next uh, this coming Sunday will be a uh, we have a, a guest preacher here with us and brother Carlton Kuhn will be preaching uh, pastors in Springfield Missouri and um, uh, he you're, you're going to hear a word from the Lord Amen. A, a powerful word from the Lord. So we want to be here for next Sunday's service. He will be teaching in the morning session at 10, and then he will also be preaching uh, the service uh, at 11 o'clock. So uh, we want you to uh, come to the house of the Lord and invite someone to come. We're going to have a great time in the Lord. Also to the leadership team. Uh, we do have him speaking to the leadership team on Saturday from 10 o'clock to 12 uh, unless you get him carried away and he might continue on a little bit further than that but uh, great man of God and uh, we're glad he's coming to uh, be a part of our church service amen he, he uh, has been the uh, international director of North American missions with the United Pentecostal Church and um, he um, has been doing some great things and helping to start churches 
He is now pastoring in Springfield, Missouri, doing a great work there. Amen. Standing before God, standing before God. Me and my wife, uh, just a few days ago, we were having a conversation. I'm sure you probably have had a conversation along these lines too, just thinking ahead of what would it be like if we stepped in this day into heaven? What would it be like? What would it be like? Um, you know, we, we face a lot of situations, a lot of struggles, a lot of things in life, and, and what would it be like if we just this day stepped into that heavenly place? We, we got to talk about it. We, we come up with all kinds of things that would be wonderful about being in heaven. And, um, of course, some of those are, well, it's scriptural. There'd be no more sickness. We wouldn't have to worry about uh, coronavirus attacking our world uh, I don't know where they got that name but you know it's it is what it is um, coronavirus um, influenza B A Z whatever it is uh, you can go down the list a lot of things a lot of disease a lot of struggle a lot of heartache uh, there would be no more of that none when we get to heaven <laughs> what a rejoicing time that would be just not having sickness anymore no more cough I've had coughs that went on for three months, it seemed like. Just couldn't get past it. It just kept going on and on. It's a little bit embarrassing just coughing and coughing, but it was a struggle. It was just a part of it. In heaven, there's no more sickness. Amen? In heaven, there's no more pain. Pain in body, pain in soul. I mean, there's a lot of things other than just hurting your finger or your big toe, uh, stubbing your big toe. That hurts, by the way. It really does hurt. I am a first-hand experience of that. And some of you here in this congregation have broken your toes by hitting them on things. Yes, a few hands here, broke your toe. It hurts. Uh, you wouldn't have to worry about that anymore. No more pain. But not just pain in body, but pain in soul, pain in spirit, pain in your emotions, pain in your, in your, in your heart. No more, no more hurt down deep. No more death no more dying. Can you think about that? No more sorrow and no more, the Bible says this, no more crying. We have no more crying. It's going to be a joyous time when we get to heaven. But the thing about it is we must, each one of us, stand before God. It's, none of us are exempted from that. We must stand before God and able to be able to be judged of the things in our life to go into heaven. We will all stand before God. And in the book of Romans 14, 10 through 12, it says, but why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set at naught thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every, everybody say every, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue everybody say every tongue shall confess to God so that every one of us shall give account of himself to God that is all of us that's every one of us 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10 the scripture that I read for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according 
to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad, every one of us have to stand before God. And in the book of Revelation, and we could go on on different scriptures, but in the book of Revelation it says, and I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were open, small and great. Those, uh, whatever you think is small and great, it could be those that maybe have, uh, maybe kings or maybe have great authority in this present world of, of leadership, but great and small. Maybe someone that has not a lot of authority or not a lot of uh, position of any kind. They will all stand before God. Sometimes people feel like they are exempt from standing before God because of what maybe what position they hold or whatever. But I'm here to tell you today that all creation, all mankind will stand before God. And he said, and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. As the scripture said earlier, good and bad. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. It is a reality. It's something that a lot of times we don't think about as much as we should but there will be a point where we all will stand before God's judgment seat and give an account for our lives. And how would we feel, let me ask it again and again, how would we feel here today if this day we had to stand before the judgment seat of God? What would we feel like today? I know what might be going through your mind or your heart right now. It could be that I'm ready to see God. I'm ready to stand before God. I'm ready to, to be judged of God because my life is right with him. But yet there might be others that things are going through your mind, through your heart, through your soul, that there are things in my life that if I stood before God today, that I would not be allowed to go into that place of heavenly things in God where there's no more death, where there's no more sorrow, where there's no more crying, there's no more heartache, there's no more pain. And sin can keep us out of, of the places of blessings that God has prepared for those that love him. Of course, the Bible, it says here, those that love him, he's prepared for them. But it also says, as we've said this many times in scripture, that if we love him, we will obey his commandments. We will walk in his ways. Doesn't mean we're not gonna fall at times. Doesn't mean we're not going to trip up at times. But there is a judgment seat of God that we are going to have to stand before as we stand before God and give an account of our lives. 
It is a fact. It is a reality. Whether uh, we try to push it off or not, uh, push it aside. Sometimes we tend to, if we push it aside long enough, we'll forget about it. And that's the problem. We keep forgetting about it. We forget about that sin is going to take us to a lake of fire and hell. It is the reality of the Bible. It's the word of God. So you see, we live in a in a world that is trying to steal our thoughts about God. They've taken God out of the schools. They don't want you to pray in school. There was a military man that had a board on his desk and he would write scriptures on it every day. He was in the military and they made him take that down. Uh, they didn't want the scriptures on the wall, but yet through fighting in court and religious rights, they were able to restore that there. That is what the world is trying to do with sin. It's to lull you to sleep and to rock you to sleep and get you to a point you don't think about standing before God. It's for all of us. It is the way God's plan is. It's what God has called us to do is be ready for his coming. And we've got to come to that point where we understand it. If we were to, if we were to stand before God today, how would we feel? How would we feel if we stood there before the Lord? I know sometimes that, that uh, those that are unprepared in their soul would look to excuses before God and because we use a lot of excuses of here or why I can't live for God or why I can't go to work or why I can't do this or that. There's a lot of excuses we use of why we don't do certain things. But when we stand before God, I know that those that are unprepared are going to reach back into their pocket of memory and say, this is my excuse, that's my excuse, but is our excuse going to be good enough? No. No. They're not. Amen. Unprepared souls standing before God, how will we feel today? We, we wouldn't feel very good about that. Sometimes we're looking for loopholes. Let me, let me say this, young people, I want to say here today as your pastor, I want to let you know that you need to not let the world rock you to sleep with all of the things that are so so seem to be so fine and so good out there that they rock you to sleep and they get you to a point where you don't even think about God anymore. I'm here to tell you that this church is trying to lead you to a place of surrender to God and connection with God because one day, young people, we're going to stand before the Lord. There is, there is uh, great things in this, in this life that we can be a part of as long as it's connected with God. Can I hear an amen? Oh, don't get quiet on me. I know you believe that. <laughs> but to, to those that are unprepared, it's going to be excuses time. <laughs> but how many times in our life do we think about the coming of the Lord or think about standing before God in judgment? We look for loopholes. It was said that, and some of you probably remember uh, or even remember hearing about an actor named W.C. Fields. And it was said that just before his death, the actor W.C. Fields uh, was sitting uh, at the hospital room and a friend visited him at the hospital room and he was surprised that W.C. Fields was sitting, sitting on the edge of the bed and he was thumbing through a Bible that was there in his room. And he 
was asked. He asked what he was doing with the Bible. W.C. Field, what are you doing with a Bible in your hand as you're thumbing through it? And, and he just simply said, and of course in his comedy thinking is I'm just looking for loopholes. I'm just looking for loopholes. Maybe he was serious about that. I'm just looking for loopholes. So many people are looking for loopholes of how I can get to heaven without doing it God's way. It can't be done. We all will stand before God. We all will stand before the King of kings and Lord of lords and give an account of our life. If we were to stand before God today, would we be ready to meet God? Would we be ready to enter into the place of great blessings of no more death, no more crying, no more suffering, no more hurt, no more pain, no more struggle in eternity with the Lord? Would we where we're at right now, enter into that place that God has promised to us. We're all going to stand before the Lord at some time or another, but loopholes are not going to get us there. Excuses are not going to get us there. We can get so caught up in the cares of life, in the cares of life, and our busy schedules can keep us from thinking about the Lord. That's the reason why it's important for us to read the word of God, to hear the word preached, to hear the word taught, and, and to take ourselves to a point of prayer every day because we need to constantly keep it in front of our face that the Lord is coming. And it's not something that we need to carry in front of our face as a, as a struggle or as a heartbreak or as a trouble. No, we need to carry it to the point where our life is right with God to where that we could, we could come into the presence of the Lord and realize that God could come today. And it's an exciting time. It's a time that we can rejoice. It's a time that we can be excited that we, when we cross over to the other side and we stand before God that I'm not going to be cast into a lake of fire of eternal judgment it is the reality of the word of God I'm not changing anything here it is the reality of the word of God that we've got to stop and think about but it should be a joy it's a joy to come into the house of God and realize that the Lord is coming. That doesn't make me sad. Uh, if I'm living in sin, that might make me upset and sad and worried. I can't even lay my head down to sleep at night because I, I, you know, I, I know I'm not ready if that's the case. But if I have my life right and I'm constantly bringing my heart before the Lord and repentance every day and making sure everything's right the thing about it is God is with us and we're going to rejoice in the fact that the Lord is coming rejoice in the fact can you imagine I, 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 uh, I stood at the bedside of people that have passed some being my grandmother and my, uh, my great grandmother my mother even and uh I, and, and I've seen, and, and I've often thought about this, what it would be like to just lay down and sleep. You go to sleep, and you end up on, you wake up on the other side. <laughs> that would be a beautiful thing. We have something great to look forward to, but we've got to be ready for the coming of the Lord. In Luke 21, 34 through 36, and take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting, and drunkenness and cares of this life and so that day come upon you unawares 
that day is going to come and it's going to come on some people unaware because they're not ready for it they're not looking for it this preacher today is reminding you that we've got to be ready for it we need to rejoice in the fact that God's going to come back for his people and take us away for as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth watch ye therefore and pray always that ye be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the son of man we're all going to stand before God at some point or another this word take heed to yourselves means it's a time to give attention to it, it it's a time to in other uh, definitions here heed it's a time to be given to it it's a time and this is really interesting when I looked at this meaning of the word heed it at first I thought well, it seems out of place but it really isn't to take heed take heed to yourselves lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life and so that the day upon you awares but the definition said it's time to be addicted to it wow addicted to it <laughs> to be taking heed that I want to be addicted to the coming of the Lord there's nothing wrong with that to, to pray every day and seek God every day I mean I, I, you know some people get addicted to drugs and it's going to give them maybe what feels like getting out of their troubles for a period of time but then when, it, when it's all said and done it's all crashing back down and the hangover and the, the heartache and the pain's still there but when you're addicted to the coming of the Lord and being aware of the coming of the Lord taking heed to the coming of the Lord it, it, it becomes a joy to your life amen that I know that my Lord is coming for the church my Lord is coming for my life for you and for me and we're going to be ready to meet God and stand before him and give an account for our lives it's a joy to be addicted <laughs> addicted to Jesus and it also said to devote thought and effort to it to devote thought and effort to it if people want addictions be addicted to Jesus <laughs> that's the best addiction that you can have be addicted to Jesus brother Will that's what we want that's what we need I'm addicted to Jesus some might say well uh, you know you're, you, you, you're not an addict oh yes I am an addict I'm an addict I'll tell you right now it's on tape right now they're going to put that on the website this pastor's an addict I'm addicted to Jesus amen and I'm not I'm not ashamed of that at all I'm addicted to Jesus I want Jesus in my life I want to look for his coming I want to watch for his coming I want to be ready and if there's things in my life that I got to get rid of I got to take care of it now it's an open door of opportunity right now because we're all going to stand before God and it goes on and says uh, take heed to yourselves lest your heart be overcharged meaning you be overcome by this that you're overcome by these things overcharged uh, that, that you're overcome by surfeiting uh, surfeiting uh, means the giddiness and headache caused by drinking 
alcoholic drinks in excess. That's what it says in the meaning. It even goes into the area of seizures. And, and my thoughts on seizures in this surfeiting is uh, being out of control of my own thoughts on, on uh, uh, my own thoughts, being out of control of my own self and caught away in drunkenness of this world and the things of this world that I don't think about the coming of God. Not thinking straight, not considering that God could come today, amen, and drunkenness, intoxicated, it says. Of course, we know that. You, 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 can, be, you can be intoxicated with this world that you rarely, rarely have thoughts of the coming of the Lord. You can be so intoxicated with the things of this world, the sins of this world, the sins of the flesh, the ungodly things of this world. You can be so intoxicated with these things that you lose sight that God is coming. You lose sight of it. And then it even says, and you take on the cares of this life. The cares of life. The idea of distractions, cares of life, to be drawn in different directions, the meaning is, to be pulled in so many different directions. If you allow the world and the sins of this world to, to intoxicate you, you're going to be pulled in so many different directions. You're going to be stretched in so many different directions that you're never going to think about the coming of the Lord and standing before God and it's going to catch you unaware you can be intoxicated with this world and the sins of this world this flesh can destroy you amen a love for the ways of the world more than the ways of God and the laws of God and the judgment of God and so that day come upon them it says come upon you unawares Unexpected. The Lord comes in an unexpected time. The Lord comes sudden. No warning. Well, let me stop and back up here. There, there is a warning. There is a warning of the coming of the Lord, and the warning is going right now across this pulpit. Through the Word of God, the Lord is coming. It's important for us to understand. We, we can be caught away in, in our own thoughts and pulled in so many directions by the world. Amen. And it can destroy us. And we get caught away in that. And God comes suddenly, unforeseen, unexpected. You know why it's unexpected, sudden, and unforeseen? is because we didn't listen to the word of God. There's enough warning signals out there. There's enough warning through the preaching of the word of God and the teaching of the word of God and you, your personal Bible study time that you read and study these things. You can understand the coming of the Lord. You can see it. It's just like when you pick up the Bible, it's like reading the newspaper. Things are coming to pass. Things are happening. It's all measuring up. Uh, you know, it's, it, the Lord could come just like an accident accidents a lot of times we don't expect them but accidents happen when you least expect it we become engaged in the frivolous things that are so unimportant they might seem important for this day for this life on earth but they're not important to eternity to eternity but there's some things we got to consider here today as we consider 
if today is the day that we stand before God, first of all, we've got to consider ourselves standing before God. If we stand before God, are we ready for that point when we stand before him and give him account of our lives? We also have to consider our family standing before God today. Have they've had that opportunity to hear the word of God? Have they, if they stand before God, are they ready to meet the Lord? It's important for us to understand that, that if they're not, we've got we've got to change the way we pray. We've got to change the way we reach out to them. We've got to change the way we seek God for them because prayer does cultivate the heart for people to receive the seed of the word. We've got to consider ourselves standing before him, our family standing before him. We've also got to consider lost souls standing before him today that don't know God. We've got to consider these things if we stood before God today what would be our reaction and our response there's a story in the Bible many of you have read it probably studied it pretty closely but it really hits home here and it's the story of a rich man and Lazarus Luke 16 19 through 31 there was a certain man, a rich man, which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. Verse 20, and there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. That's wonderful. <laughs> the beggar died and the angels came and ushered him right up to a heavenly place in the bosom of Abraham. But uh, we find that the rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes being in torments and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things and now he is comforted and thou art tormented what a contrast to the one that was ready and to the one that was not ready and beside all this between us and you there is a great gulf fixed so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. In verse 27, then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. Send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets 
let them hear them and he said nay father Abraham but if one went unto them from the dead they will repent and he said unto him if they hear not Moses and the prophets neither will they be persuaded though one rose from the dead what is that saying God has sent a preacher to you today to make sure you're ready to stand before him but if you don't hear the preacher you're not going to hear someone coming from the dead you're not going to hear someone rising from the dead some great miracle and you're going to believe then but if you don't believe the preacher and you just write it off as just just foolishness the Bible talks about that people will hear the foolishness of preaching but if we don't listen to the preacher you're going to be unprepared for judgment to stand before God and sin will keep you from your eternity in heaven it's going to keep you from your eternity in heaven and there's going to be an eternal judgment it's the word of God but we can find that place of preparedness and it starts with repentance not just asking God to forgive you and continuing in the lifestyle of sin you got to change some things amen you got to change some things I'm talking about the word of God I can't change the word of God the word of God is from the Lord and what it says it's truth I'm not going to change it I can't change it if I could change it I wouldn't change it why would I want to change it I don't want my own soul to be lost for changing the word, adding to or taking from. I want the word of God to speak to us today because God gives us a way of escape. It starts down the pathway of repentance and repentance doesn't just mean asking God to forgive you but it also means turning around and going a different direction and changing some things. Sometimes people feel like they can repent, ask God to forgive them but don't change a thing. Just keep walking. The, the same way we've always walked but that doesn't make a, a, a difference it doesn't change anything you're just asking for forgiveness but you're making no change it's time for a change to be able to stand before God I preach this message today because I love you and I care about your soul in that day standing before God unprepared there will be a great gulf between you and heaven that this preacher and yourself cannot do anything about I can't get through it you can't get through it but that great gulf is going to be between hell and heaven and there's nothing you could do at that time but there is something you can do today today amen you can look at it as a fairy tale uh, that it uh, that would be the probably I know it would be the worst mistake that you ever could make is to look at it as just another fairy tale that just something just a story that someone said it, it, it's not something just a fairy tale that you could throw to the wind uh, no it's the truth of the word of God and we are preparing that's the reason why we have church that's the reason why we have the preaching of the word and the teaching of the word that's the reason why God gives us a way of escape that's the reason why there is an open door an open 
open window for us to move through and ask for repentance and turn ourselves around and make the decisions to do the right thing for God. We must understand we've got to be ready to meet God because every one of us are going to meet God at some point or another. And you know what he's looking for? He's looking for a bride without spot or blemish. Ephesians 5, 27, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Okay, I know what people start thinking when they hear that scripture. How could I ever measure up? You might say in your mind, in your heart, how can I maintain my readiness to stand before God in judgment? I'm just a human uh, that is just frail flesh. How could I maintain that as a without spot or wrinkle or blemish? I have a scripture for you. 1 Peter 1 and 18 and 19. Perfect scriptures for this. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversations received by tradition from your fathers, but listen to what the scripture says, verse 19, but with the precious blood of Christ. Now listen to what I have. But with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. <laughs> but with the precious blood of Christ is how we keep ourselves without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish. Uh, you know what it means? It means we've got to keep going back to that altar. We've got to keep going back to that place of repentance and surrender and submission to God. There is hope. I can't do it in my own ways. I can't do it in my own flesh because I'm just frail flesh. I can't maintain a spotless life or a wrinkle-free life or a blemish-free life. Amen. I could do my best. I could can, I can do the best make the right decisions but there is human flesh involved in this thing but the only way we can keep ourselves ready to meet God is to keep going back to the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot it is a place of repentance it is a place of surrender every day before God to be prepared for the coming of the Lord It's for us. It's for us. But we've got to keep it before our eyes, before our heart, before our soul. We've got to keep remembering this could be the day that the Lord came back to this earth to take his people home. This could be the day. This could be the day that the Lord comes. And I tell you, that message has reverberated in my mind and my heart for years to try to keep my heart right with God. I'm addicted to understanding that God could come today. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to be addicted to Jesus. It's a good thing because when it's all said and done, I stand before God and I... And if I pass before the, you do, or if you pass, like I said, we're going to meet at the throne room of the Lord. If I'm there first, understand, if you want to see Pastor Burke, just go to the throne. 
that's where I'm going to be waiting for you it's not a fairy tale it's truth it's truth and it says in the book of Revelation I'm going to bring us to a close I've got several scriptures I want to read to you here but listen to what it says in Revelation 21 1 through 8 and I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea and I I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. You know what that says here? The tabernacle of God is with men. It's people receiving the salvation in their heart, repenting, being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, being filled with the Holy Ghost. We're a temple of the Holy Ghost. His tabernacle is with men. That's where he dwells, through the Holy Ghost in us. And it goes on, it's with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. It's not a fairy tale. True and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone which is the second death it's reality but there is a beautiful hope right now because there is a door that is wide open for making things right with God so that when I stand before God as we all will I can put the excuses aside I can put all of the loopholes aside because I won't need them if my life is ready so I stand before God and he says enter in thou good and faithful servant and the blessings of the Lord eye hath not seen ear hath not heard doesn't even enter into heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him but I must make it right with God and I must not forget 
that the Lord is coming as we stand here today the reality of making things right with God through repentance is a step that you can make today you can make it you can make it you can do this because the alternative is not something you want as we look at the word of God it's a reality and as we open this altar here today it's so very important for us to come and seek God until we find that place in him that we've made ourselves ready because he could come he could come before I even make it to this altar. It's a reality. It's a reality. And it's God's plan not to destroy mankind, but to bless us beyond measure. But we do stand before a judgment seat of God. And God's calling today to be ready. To be ready. Our altar's open for us to come and pray and seek God it's between you and God I must be ready I must be ready for his coming I must be ready I must be saved hallelujah I must be ready God for above all else, I must be ready, God. I must be saved. For whatever you have to do to me, don't let me 